Welcome to Get Over It, the Consciousness Transforming Podcast for Exceptional 21st Century Living. We've got a very interesting show today. We have Michelle Ballinger with us, and she's going to be talking about one of her many books. But this one is The Dictionary of Demons. You know, so many of us are either afraid of demons or truly don't understand them. She clears it up, folks. 500 pages worth, she clears it up. So if this is a subject of interest to you, which it should be because a demon is not necessarily what you think it is, um, listen in, take some notes, go get the book. It's a keeper on your bookshelf. You will refer to it many, many times. My copy's actually dog-eared already. And um, you'll have a further understanding of some true information. Now, the information shared on Get Over It uses intuitive and pragmatic insight to help you shift your consciousness to break through the blocks and release energy that is no longer needed. Yes, we're going to help you let go of the BS that's been holding you back. But you guys know I always ask that question, are you truly ready to? And by the way, folks, BS is belief system. A bit about me from my new listeners, intuitive since birth. I'm a third generation intuitive with over three decades of experience supporting people to break through the blocks along their path. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation, revealing cutting edge information that enables you to prosper and thrive. I spent 25 successful years in corporate America as an executive sales professional. And I am the founder of Healing Visions Ministries and the Northern California Children's Education Network, a 501c3 nonprofit. I provide consultations and healings in all areas of life that heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live your very best life. Now, my clients tell me that I keep it real while providing them with accurate information to assist them along their journey as a spirit living a human existence. But they also say, if you really don't want to know, don't ask, Monique. My background includes a doctorate in metaphysics, Reiki master teacher, ordained minister, and clinical hypnotherapist. So whether you are stressed, depressed, or possessed, I can help. To find out more about me and the services that I offer, go to my website, and that's MoniqueChapman.com, and I invite you to like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. I am so honored today to introduce Michelle Ballinger. She is an occult expert, psychic, and author of over 30 books on paranormal topics. Michelle has been featured on shows including A&E's Paranormal State and Travel Channel's Portals to Hell as a psychic medium and occult expert. Michelle offers classes on psychic development online at Inspiration House in Oberlin, Ohio, a 150-year-old home with the coziest haunting you could hope to find. It's also in B&B, so if you're in the area, folks, and everything's cool, COVID-wise, go. Um, It's sure to be a great experience. To learn more about Michelle's work, you can visit her at her website, and that's Michelle Ballinger, and I'm going to spell that M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, B as in boy, A-L-A-N-G-E-R.com, where you'll find classes, books, music, and events. You can also follow Michelle on social media at twitter.com slash, and I'm just going to spell this for you, S-E-T-H-A-N-I-K-E-E-M, or join Michelle's community at Patreon dot com slash haunted and that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com haunted welcome michelle 
Hello, hello. Stressed, depressed, or possessed. I love that. That is a fantastic tagline. <laughs> Maybe that should be my next book. You know, when I, <laughs> when I opened your book, I wrote two books. And when I opened your book, and you said that you write the book, but you don't go back and reread them because you start re editing them. And I'm uh -huh. like, oh my goodness, I was doing the same thing. So that's why I just closed on. And that's actually why I only wrote two because I'm like, you know, I'm not going to get it right, but you just keep forging on. So yay, yay. Um, congratulations on doing that. Now you have done so much within not only the occult um, community, you work with everyone. You're completely inclusive of each and everyone. How did your spiritual path take you to the path of inclusion and embracing everyone? Oh, well, I was a weird kid growing up. Um, and I mean, I grew up in middle America, um, rural Ohio. And I think the drive to embrace uh, diversity came from being surrounded by nothing like that. Mm -hmm. like, like having this sense that the world I was raised in was cloistered and closed. Uh, and once I got off to college and I got to see people of different backgrounds and people of different colors and people of different religious, like it was, it was this wonderful human tapestry uh, that became open to me. And I never looked back. Like I, I just wanted everyone to see the, the same sort of like beauty and joy that I did. Mm -hmm. Well, I am so glad that you opened up because unfortunately so many in America have the, um, <clears throat> disappointing illusion that if you live on the coast, you're kind of open, but if you're middle America, you know, you're just set in, in a certain uh, tunnel visioned way. And that is so, so not the truth. Now, um, your book that we're talking about today, the Dictionary of Demons, um, how did that come about? Why was it so important to get this information out? Uh, well, I've got a degree in comparative religious studies with a concentration in psychology of religion. And uh -huh. I do a lot of work uh, as a psychic for paranormal shows where demons are a big deal. <laughs> like everybody's really worried about demonic possession and obsession. Uh -huh. And some of that is media driven, um, you know, starting with the exorcist and uh -huh. the satanic on down. And the fact of the matter is taking a scholarly approach Demons just aren't, A, uh, as big a bad, uh, as, as common as people think they are. And th there's so much misinformation. And I think that that stokes a lot of fear. So I wanted to put a book out there that helped people get a handle on something that they found very intimidating and very frightening and gave them the power over that and how to engage with it. And also along the way, let us explore where these beliefs come from and, and why they're important and how they've influenced our society. And how we can let go of some of those BS belief systems because it's important. You know, you can create wonderful things with demon. You mentioned in um, some place in the book, it's 500 pages, folks. Yeah, I'm talking, <laughs> talking about Solomon and him using demons. So share a little bit of that because, you know, I think people really don't understand that a demon can be a positive influence in your life if you know how to correctly work with the demon. Oh, well, the, the fun story, um, and this is where a lot of like ritual and ceremonial magic comes from, is uh, King Solomon, as we know from the Bible, was the wisest of men. Uh, God gave him special favors because of that. And then there is this rich history of Solomon in extra biblical stories 
-hmm. where part of that is God gives him a, a ring and a special seal and the ability to summon, bind, and compel demons mm -hmm. uh, to protect his workers who are working on the temple. And what he does is he gets all of their names uh, and the ones that he can't get to cooperate, he binds up in brass jars and, and, and various vessels and things. And the ones that he can get co to cooperate, he has, he puts them to work. He gets all of these demons and he's like, oh, you're, you're a great strong wind. Well, I'm going to have you use your wind and you will take this and make this pillar and this stone that nobody else can lift and, and you will do it for us and you will build the temple to God, oh demon. Uh -huh. uh, it's this fantastic, like, like you can look at it as, as a story and as a myth or as a metaphor uh -huh. for uh -huh. harnessing those things that we find terrifying, but finding their strength and making that strength work for us once we can conquer our fear. Uh, that's the key word of conquering fear because uh, society in general has put so much fear into those words. And these days, a lot of people believe, unfortunately, that if you're working with the light, there's no room for the shadow. Talk to mm -hmm. us about that and why it's so important to know about the shadow. People, I think, misinterpret that. Oh, there's there's so much. Well, darkness and blackness in uh energy work in magic and in, in myth is misrepresented significantly. And we, we see that play out with the fact that many demons are described as like, you, you meet the black man at the crossroads. And, and uh -huh. so things are wound up with this very sort of bipolar way of looking at things where there's only white and white is good and only black and black is bad. So the light is positive and the shadows are or bad, but the fact of the matter is, is the world is shades of light and dark and gray. And there's a great deal of strength and power in the shadows. Uh, psychologist Carl Jung uh, is the person who pretty much identified the idea of the, the shadow as part of our psyche, mm -hmm. that it's the repository in our minds where we've shoved all the things that either we or society has told us are bad, that we have to reject, that we're not allowed to have a, make them be a part of us. And in a lot of ways, we tend to create them into kind of our personal demons. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of psychic energy and, and mental energy wound up in that space. And if we can make peace with that and feel not quite so um, put off by a, a scary exterior and, and actually look at the strength of what we have relegated to the shadows. Mm -hmm. There's this strength that we become a whole being by marrying our light and our darkness and by not being afraid of it. Like, like fear is really the big problem. Yeah. And it's like, um, fear is just, did the fear come from the religious aspect of everything? Because in my opinion, religion tried to control to a certain degree, mm. or a greater degree. And is that part of the fear that is or why we're so fearful? Religion, especially the Abrahamic faiths, definitely pushed a lot of terror of what was unacceptable. Uh, it, it was a lot of, in some ways, it was an attempt to enforce social behavior. Mm -hmm. So if you did this, uh, you would be rewarded. And if you 
didn't do these things, or if you broke the taboos, then there were demons and fallen angels and things that would punish you. Uh, so this idea of, of sin, uh, of damnation, uh, of inherent evil acts, a lot of them were things that you were just supposed to not be doing. And, and it was a way of controlling the populace. Uh, demons and fallen angels and the idea of damnation and redemption have become uh, deeply ingrained, uh, especially in the culture that we find ourselves living in. Mm-hmm. And it's mostly scare tactics. Um, you know, our, our word demon wasn't even uh, meant to be something uh, that, that was explicitly evil. It's from Greek. And Greek demons were really what we would think of as spirit guides. Mm-hmm. There were some that were good and there were some that were uh, not necessarily evil, but more chaotic. Uh, their advice would lead you down interesting paths, but not always the ones that you uh, anticipated. Uh-huh. And when we were translating the biblical material, that word just kind of got used across the board for all of these evil spirits. And most of our theology currently with, again, damnation, redemption, the light and the dark comes from uh, the last 300 years before Christ, And the 300 years after is this fantastic cultural milieu where you have um, Messianic Judaism and Christianity all kind of in this big mishmash. And there is a narrative of a war between darkness and light, the sons of darkness and the sons of light. Mm -hmm. And it literally turns into a doomsday cult. Uh, We have the writings in the library of that doomsday cult that survives in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Mm-hmm. And most of our ideas about demonic possession, uh, about the war in heaven, uh, about all of these terrible, fearful ideas come from that. Uh, and taken out of context, we can't see how it developed and that it developed out of fear. Um, it developed out of uh, xenophobia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it developed out of narrowness. Most of the demons were people who were foreigners, people who had a different belief system. Like that's so much of the ancient world. A lot of the demons that we know by name are simply the gods of a different culture that were turned into demons because you weren't allowed to worship those guys. Mm. Well, it sounds so much like um, folks living on earth today. I mean, you got the whole spectrum. <laughs> yeah. It's no different on the other side. Folks, we're speaking with Michelle Ballinger. The book we're featuring today is The Dictionary of Demons. You can check her out at her website, and that's michelleballinger.com. She's got a couple of other things that I, um, other sites too that we're going to mention. But before we do that, um, Michelle, you talked about, um, or well, I talked about briefly, your uh, inspiration house. It's a B&B. Yeah. Uh, talk to us about that, because that seems so fascinating to me. Okay, yeah, because I can go on about King Solomon and demons forever, but uh, I'm, I'm an energy worker and uh-huh. a, a teacher of psychic development. And in 2018, we, we'd been looking for uh, a physical location to do retreats. Um, I do a lot of dream work as well with folks, and that sort of mm-hmm. you know, requires a workshop where people sleep over. Uh-huh. And we found this lovely little brick house in Oberlin, Ohio. And, and Oberlin is this bastion, this, this oasis of very, very uh, liberal diversity 
um, artsy, uh, this, this lovely uh, artsy musical town in the middle of farmland in Ohio. Huh. Uh, so it was perfect. And when we w- walked into the house, I was like, I, I really feel like this place, I think it might be haunted. And I didn't want to like do research on it until I'd gotten all of my um, intuitive perceptions. Uh-huh. But it's, it is the most physically active location that I've been in that is a positive haunting. Like usually when there's doors slamming and you can, you can hear footsteps and things are getting moved around. Usually there's, you know, it's fraught. Like there's a lot of negative emotion. Somebody had trauma and that trauma gives energy that helps the manifestation. And this is simply a house of people who love the space so much that they never bothered to move out. Um, there are multiple deaths in the house, but all of old age mm-hmm. or complications thereof. And they, they stay, they are uh, delightful residents. They're very active. And uh, I've kind of made an arrangement with them where when I have folks out to learn mediumship stuff, uh, we, we work together. So mm-hmm. it's a, uh, it's a fun I think of it as Hogwarts for psychics. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. So folks, go check it out if it's at all of interest to you. Now, also, Michelle, you founded a group called House of Kipuru. Um, Kipuru. Yeah. Okay, which means uh, transformation. Mm-hmm. And you're still working with that group today. Talk to us about that and how it can benefit society overall. Uh, well, like I said, I'm, I'm an energy worker. I'm a Reiki 3, but I... I was doing an energy work system that I personally believe that I, I remembered that it's something uh-huh. that's carried along reincarnational lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, in the seventies and eighties, that was a sort of extraordinary claim. So I kind of kept it pretty low key. Uh, but, but house Kepru was the formalization of a group, a soul group of people who we feel that were connected from a very long time ago. And we are dedicated to, uh, healing, mm-hmm. uh, transformation, and the, the guardianship of knowledge, uh, not just like dispensing it ourselves, but encouraging people to explore and to share and to dialogue and to archive. And so I founded that in 96. Mm-hmm. And, and we've been going pretty strong since we do uh, a, a gathering every year. Currently, it's virtual. We, we call it astral gather since this is the second one that we have to do over virtual lines because of <laughs> yeah. COVID. Um, and that's actually the end of this month. Yeah, um, right. That... We... Sorry. No, go ahead. I was trying to remember the dates. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember. The... I, I know the last day is like August 1st. So it's like the very last weekend of the very last weekend of the month. Okay. We're where we invite people of multiple backgrounds and uh, belief systems to share what they do. Um, whether it's, uh, I know we've got uh, a fellow speaking on astrology and energy work and magic connected to that. Uh, there's always classes on, on meditation and honing your energy work and honing your uh, psychic development skills. And also just dialogue, because one of the one of the main values that I founded the group on is that we all are pieces of one another's puzzle. Mm-hmm. So each person has a different perspective and in sharing those perspectives, we all enrich one another and Housekept Brew helps to create spaces for that dialogue to happen. Hmm. Um, that work is um, 
so vital. Um, it's very, very, very much needed today. Um, another group that you um, founded, I guess, um, is is a Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash haunted. Yeah. Um, so, so Patreon is a platform online that lets you uh, just, you know, have, have a group of people who basically, you know, toss you on, on the simplest end, it's people, you know, sign up to give you a dollar or so as kind of a subscription to support your work. So a lot of creators, artists, and musicians use it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I used it to transfer over to online classes, uh, especially with everything with COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, I used to do almost everything in person. Like I, energy work, especially, like there's certain things that you have to kind of feel and perceive yeah. to like really, really rock. And I was hesitant with um, COVID shutting all of that down. Like, how do you, what if you're doing an attunement? Like, it's possible to do stuff at a distance, but also still challenging for people who are very new to their perceptions. But um, Patreon, um, patreon.com slash haunted uh, is where all the students uh, come. And I love the fact that it's turned into a community unto itself, where it's not just me dispensing wisdom and teaching classes, although you definitely get access to that and you get you know backstage passes to different things that I'm doing and you get to have input on books that I'm writing. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's also just all of these people from different backgrounds who simply genuinely want to learn and are incredibly supportive of one another. Uh, we have one member who is in hospice care. Um, you know, mm -hmm. There's no certain date for when the inevitable will happen. Mm -hmm. And one of our conversations because of them has been about, you know, death and dying and how to do that consciously and with intention, mm -hmm. um, how to do like a, an end of life celebration before you have to, before you're not there for your own funeral okay. uh, to engage, to, to engage in things like that a little bit more healthily. And to have this community of people who are willing to have those conversations and supportive of one another and have been like hanging out with one another through the pandemic and just, you know, doing everything we can to, to raise each other up in difficult times. It's, it's a really fantastic community. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. We have the pandemic and it took so many lives and I won't get into the background as to why or my BS belief yeah. system um, behind that. But it also gave an opportunity for a lot of growth if one was willing uh, to embrace that, a lot of spiritual growth. So I guess, you know, even though we experienced something as an quote negative on the surface when we dig uh, down a few layers it you know you can see the the positive in it i guess or the light in it but i want to get back to talking about the demons now a lot of people okay, still yeah. believe today that if you say a demon's name that you're summoning the demon and the demon is going to do something not so nice to you so let's clear that up because in your uh, dictionary of demons that is not the case at all no i it, it is the most common widespread misconception and it gets picked up on the paranormal TV shows and you see it in movies uh, and it's just, it's not true. Uh, so if you go back to uh, Western civilization uh, and where our idea of demonology and possession comes from, uh, Sumer, Babylon, the cradle of civilization uh, for, for us, to have the name of a demon gave you power over it Mm -hmm. uh, all of the old styles of exorcism. And this is reflected in um, the biblical story of Jesus, Jesus and the Gerasene demoniac. Uh, everybody knows the story without knowing what story it is. Uh, it's where I am legion comes from. 
mm-hmm. because there's there's a fellow who's possessed and Jesus asks the name of the demons. Now, the importance of that story, uh, whether you are, are Christian or, or not, is the folks reading it and listening to it would recognize a common technique of exorcism that was practiced throughout their culture at that time that had been Mm -hmm. handed down for centuries, if not millennia, which is you gain the name and the name gives you power. It's a kind of talisman. So once you have the name of the being, you have the power. You can banish and bind and compel and control. And it is used to summon, but not casually. Like you don't just summon them up by, by, whispering the name there's mm-hmm. an entire process and it's a laborious process uh, it's my biggest my biggest annoyance with uh the paranormal as it's presented right now is the amount of bad information that's out there mm-hmm. uh, and it's one of the reasons why i write the books that i do um you know I, I don't feel like you know bringing out all of the degrees all of the time but it's just it's so easy to allow our fear and our interpretation of something that's fear-driven rather than digging into the information. Like there's that notion that knowledge is forbidden, that somehow reading these books and researching this is gonna invite it into your life rather than give you power over it, mm-hmm. rather than arm you. And, and that's really something that I try to get through to people um, in the book. It's not just an A through Z of names, although that's there's lots of that (laughs) 1700 yeah (laughs) Um, but also articles throughout on you know why do we believe in these and what is our idea of evil anyway and uh, let's talk about some of the problematic portrayals of what demons look like and how that's very culturally driven Mm -hmm. well you know in your book you talk um you have a section i think or at least a couple of pages uh, entitled Forgiven Tomes. Forbidden, I'm sorry, Forbidden Tomes. Is anything really forbidden if it's in writing? I mean, I don't think, I don't believe in forbidden knowledge. Um, I believe that we should read anything and everything. Like like we should be thirsty for study, Mm -hmm. but we should do so uh, with an eye toward understanding what we're reading, analyzing it, never taking it at face value, Mm -hmm. um, never assuming that any one person is the only authority, uh, especially when we're talking about fraught topics like demonology. uh, It's important to understand the sources of your source. So if you're reading just one person, you need to figure out like, who did they read? Who influenced them? What books uh, and what time period and what cultural mores went into what they put in that book. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe in as much knowledge as possible, which of course, you know, is, is the antithesis to, you know, some things should never be touched and some books should never be opened. They're, they're going to <laughs> harm you. They're only gonna harm you if you're not cautious about how you engage with them. Mm-hmm. And, and read objectively folks, just don't believe yeah. or buy into everything that you see in the mo- in any moment. Now we talked about inspiration house. Okay. And the wonderful spirits that live there, but you know, some places have some spirits that aren't so benevolent. Um, how can we deal with negative hauntings or spirits that we just like, Oh, Hey, let's go. Don't want Mm -hmm. you here. I mean, the first thing 
I always suggest is try talking with them because mm-hmm. um, sometimes we simply don't understand each other and an attempt at communication that is not meant to be harmful comes across that way. So in the same way that like if you you know run into a regular person on the street, you don't want to shout at them very first thing, at least try to be nice um, the first couple of times. But if it's continuing to show that like this is something that either doesn't understand that there are rules or actively wants to break them. Uh, Energy work, uh, warding, uh, grounding, centering, shielding. There's a bunch of techniques for clearing your space. Mm -hmm. Um, For personal protection, I always suggest that people learn um, grounding, centering, and shielding. And it's it's a very simple technique uh, that relies on just a lot of like just mental willpower. Grounding is you take a few moments and, and literally try to like, you know, touch the ground, be connected to the ground. But more than that, you are letting out and releasing everything that is distracting you, everything that you feel is harming you. You let it flow out either through your feet, like roots into the earth, mm-hmm. uh, or um, my, my favorite one is to run some cool water over my hands and let it flow away that way. And once you've kind of calmed down and let go, then gather yourself up and center, find wherever your center is, whether it's inside your head, in your belly, uh, not in any space that you can imagine. Just take a moment to find a calm, centered, sheltered space where you have a clear sense of where you begin and end. And where the rest of the world is and you've got a good sense of your boundaries mm-hmm. and you spend some time with those boundaries like reaffirming i am only me and here's everything else that's not me and that leads naturally into shielding where you you assert those boundaries mm-hmm. whether you visualize them as a bubble of white light or flames or a literal fortress something that you cover yourself top bottom front center back forward and you give yourself a barrier, uh, whether it's impermeable or slightly permeable, that's up to you in the situation, mm-hmm. but a barrier that keeps you in and everything else out and only allows passage for those things that you willingly wish to engage with. So ground center shielding, and you can extend that idea of shielding to a room, to a space, to a house mm-hmm. where you clear out the energy and then literally affirm the boundaries of the space. We can use a number of different things to clear. I mean, simple will work, simple energy will do it, but a lot of people may like incense, mm-hmm. sound, music. Uh, I like to sing. Uh, and if I really want to clear a space, like just opening my throat and, and bellowing. Letting it go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just let it out. Um, and you don't even have to be a good singer, like just, just good tones that you're just like, you know, uh-huh. kind of shouting your intent to the world and like just causing all of the stuff to be driven away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so clearing the space, affirming the boundaries and having really good emotional boundaries is important as well. Um, good psychic hygiene is also good psychological hygiene. Uh, mm. Um, well, that's where I was going to go next. You, you know, started out talking about, you know, you teach, you know, psychic classes and you teach energy work and all of that. What book would of yours would you recommend that people um, take a look at if they're looking to enhance it and give us one little nid, 
bit, one little tip on how we can develop our psychic abilities? Okay. Um, the Psychic Energy Codex is the kind of culmination of all of the workshops that I'd been running years ago. And it's my tome of energy work and how to develop it. Mm -hmm. um, the simplest tip is, um, and I, I learned this by way of offerings made to Shinto shrines. If you're not sure that you can sense energy, rub your hands together and cup them. And imagine what you hold in your hand as an offering to spirit mm -hmm. and what does that feel like and really take a few moments to examine how do your hands change when you hold this invisible force this intent in them what do you feel do they grow warm do they tingle mm -hmm. do you perceive something maybe not with your eyes but with an eye inside your mind is there a sensation you're sensing energy Mm -hmm. And everything else builds from that. Okay. How do we allow ourselves to feel? How do we allow ourselves to heal? Because it's some parts of the world is so forbidden that it's like you, you're sinning going to a religious term. If you mm -hmm. bother to take a look. I mean, so much of it is about getting out of our own way. Um, the biggest hurdles any of us have are what we've been taught by well-meaning family, by you know our culture, by the religion in which we were raised, whether we accept it or reject it, that there are certain things that we're not allowed, that that's bad, uh, that to even look at it or, or think about it is bad. Uh -huh. And even if we think we've left that behind, there's still these seeds of doubt that it's planted in us. So when we have an experience, we hesitate. And especially we worry that what if it's dangerous? What if this is bad? What if this is evil? And the very fear itself starts to taint and poison the experience. It gets in your way. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so letting go of that fear as much as you can, working through that. And, and the way to do that is to, to work with the trauma that you're carrying that gave you that fear response in the first place. Mm. Which is why I say like good psychic hygiene and good psychic development goes hand in hand with psychological development, working through your shit, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so many people are like, I, I was, I was sensitive when I was a kid and then something happened and I'm really like, I'm really blocked up. And how do I, how do I undo those blockages? How do I like peel that away? And it's not as simple as opening a door again. It's about going back to what gave you that fear and that negativity, mm -hmm. what hurt you. And if you don't, if not make peace with it, at least understand it and figure out how to grow past it. Mm -hmm. If you can't let go of the fear and grow past the, the barriers that have been given to you, uh, you're always going to be holding back you're always going to be doubting. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I was just like resonating to everything that you just said. You know, um, Michelle, I have to share with the audience something I shared with you when we first got on the line to talk today. And that is that you don't take any BS and that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And that's the bullshit one, folks. Um, she walks her talk. Okay. I've interviewed um, over a thousand people. 
Okay. From, you know, the well-known names to somebody who just wrote a book and they're trying to grow um, their information and get it out there to the world. Michelle doesn't need to know what page, whatever information is on. She knows her information. She walks her talk. That's very rare in this genre, unfortunately. So be very clear about what energies you decide to engage in. Okay, but I can tell you from working with many, many, many people that Michelle is the real deal. Now, um, the book that we feature today is A Dictionary of Demons. It's the 10th anniversary uh, edition. It has been expanded and revised. So if you have the other one, get this one because it's going to add even more information. And you'll find yourself on her websites as I did and going through Amazon and trying to figure out what it is that I wanted to learn from her next. Okay, make an investment in yourself. And like, you know, she said earlier, you got to do the work, you know, because nobody else is going to do it for you. Um, Michelle, are you taking clients? Are you doing consultations, that type of thing? I don't actually do psychic readings for hire. Uh, okay. I've got a lot of ethical dilemma with it. I prefer to teach people mm. how to read themselves and how to do their own work. Like it's always felt that's more my path than than doing readings like I will do readings on, on shows for for uh, for for sites and stuff but not for mm -hmm. people um but I do teach classes and the patreon is like the patreon.com slash haunted is the best place to get classes from me or you can do them a la carte off the website there is a lot of stuff at this point that is archived as videos um everything mm -hmm. from shadow work to psychic self-defense uh, healing with energy. I, th there's a wide range of things. Um, and some of it's experiential and hands-on and some of it is scholarly, like the, the stuff on demons in the dictionary mm -hmm. of demons. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I, I have nothing against folks who do psychic readings, mm -hmm. but it just, it's just not my path. Okay, and much rather, yeah, much rather teach someone how to do it. Well, you know, that's called empowerment, folks. <laughs> and as I said, this lady walks her talk. Um, we're almost out of time. Please share with us a pearl of wisdom you'd like to leave the audience with today. The world is a very, very terrifying place right now, and we will feel compelled to fix it. And if we look at the big things, we will be overwhelmed and crushed. So find something immediately in your circle, some kindness you can do, some small thing for someone you care about or someone you've just met on the street and make change that way. Hey, thank you very much. And thank you so much for being my guest today. I greatly appreciate it. If you ever want to come back, you're always welcome. And to the audience, I want to thank you too. I truly appreciate and honor your time and attention. And please remember that the most important choice that you can make is what you choose to make important. Consider making the masterful choice of discovering yourself. Abundant blessings, light and love to all. Agape.